Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of Raise the Apple. And starting things off, the New York Mets, our New York Mets, through the first two weeks of the Major League Baseball season, are the best team in Major League Baseball. After picking up a, du- a sweep of the doubleheader against the Giants yesterday, the Mets sit 9-3 and on the year. They have a 3.5 game lead over the Braves in the NL East to start the year, and they are off to a unreal start. And they also have the best run differential in Major League Baseball. I believe it's one run better than the Dodgers. Unbelievable start if you're the Mets. So yesterday you had doubleheader. McGill got roughed up just a touch, not too bad. The offense came through for him in the fifth inning. Lindor had the game-tying double. And then in the tenth, Lindor with the walk-off hit. Then in game two, Max Scherzer makes his city field debut as a Met. He takes a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Seven brilliant innings with ten strikeouts. This, I've said it on numerous times before, on whether it's on TikTok or on here, that this Mets team, just something feels different about this lineup. The way they're constructed, the way they're getting after it, and just the way it feels watching a game. Like I don't feel like I'm in misery watching a Mets game. And it's... It's phenomenal. You know, 9-3 to start the year. They win 3 out of 4 against the Nationals. They win 2 out of 3 against the Diamondbacks. They've won the first two games of this series with the Giants. So at the bare minimum, they've earned at least a split because it's a four-game series. you got Carlos Rodon versus Chris Bassett tonight. Tomorrow is Carrasco against... Who is pitching for the Giants tomorrow? It's an afternoon game tomorrow, so we're going to have Cookie, once this loads, against DiSclefani. So... Tonight is a huge game for this series. I think the Mets can get after DiSclefani tomorrow a little bit. Cookies look great. I have no doubt Bassett's going to be great tonight. The question is, can the Mets get after Rodon? And Rodon was the guy that the Mets were interested in in free agency, but the Giants obviously beat the Mets to him. But at bare minimum, you're earning a split against a team that won 107 games last year. It's just a a much different feel, and I love every bit of it if you're a New York Mets fan. And... You don't know how long they could sustain it. You hope with the Mets, if they can get through May, May they usually fare pretty well, but if they could get through the month of June. The past couple of years, the month of June has been absolutely horrendous to this team. If they could get through the month of June, I think they are in good shape. I have no question about this team making the playoffs, especially with the added wild card uh, spot, but obviously we don't want wild card. We want division champs and Given the Braves, the the defending world champs, you know, the Phillies made a lot of moves. It's going to be a three-team race down the entire way. The Mets are off to a better start, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you got to keep the foot on the gas. I think Buck Showalter has been a perfect fit, a perfect influence on this team. And going through the year, there are going to be times where they struggle a little bit, but this team just seems to get something going in one inning, and they're stringing hits together. They won both those games yesterday. They swept a doubleheader against one of the better teams in baseball. They didn't hit a single home run yesterday. Pete, no Pete homer, no Lindor homer, nothing. They were all the runs scored yesterday in both games were stringing hits together. Not a single one was a homer, which I find remarkable because in a day and age in baseball where it's the three true outcomes, home run, strikeout, or walk, 
the the fact that they were able to win both games without a home run in today's day and age says a lot about this team. They're not going to be like the Yankees or the who are going to rely on mashing 7,000 home runs to win their games. By the way, side note, watching the Yankees absolutely struggle to start the year, and and I'm not going to call out individual players and rooting for them to struggle, but Garrett Cole has not been himself to start the year. But the Yankees and Mets seem to have done a little flip-flop here, and now it's the Yankees where fans are like, what the freak is going on? And it's Mets fans that are getting a little, a little bit of cockiness in their uh, winning ways to start the year. Hopefully it stays that way. Mets fans don't become the obnoxious Yankees fans. When I get told, when people tell me as a Mets fan, like, oh, why you just hate on the Yankees? As a baseball fan, I enjoy watching the Yankees because they are the, they're one of the most historic franchises in professional sports. Like, yes, I want to visit every single Major League Stadium. I will go to Yankee Stadium. But the thing, the thing is, like, as from a baseball fan perspective, the Yankees are fun to watch. They have a great offensive lineup. They're pitching. When they perform, it's pretty solid. Garrett Cole is great. Luis Severino is fantastic. So they got good pieces. But as a Mets fan, it is my legal, and this goes both ways. Yankees fans, it works the same way with Mets fans. It's just part of New York sports rivalries. It's part of like it's the same way with the Red Sox and Yankees rivalry. As a Mets fan, it is my legal obligation to trash on the Yankees. Now, sometimes, yes, I Mets fans are can be just as obnoxious as Yankees fans. But as Mets fans, it's our legal obligation to trash on the Yankees. Just like Yankees, it's their their they it is expected of them to trash on the Mets and the Red Sox and the Mets and the Red Sox to trash on the Yankees. Rivalries are what makes sports fun. And make it a ton to watch. Rivalries, getting little incidents that happened like last night in the Padres-Reds game, which we'll kind of segue into. Rivalries make sports more fun. For whatever reason, everyone loves the rivalries. And you have the Mets who have a rivalry with the Cardinals because of 2006. You have the Giants who that, who beat them in the 2016 wildcard game. So there's a little history there. But rivalries, for whatever reason, make sports a hell of a lot more fun to watch. Just look at last night. We got a new rivalry brewing in baseball, I think, with the Reds and the Dodgers. Or excuse me, the Padres. So last night, if you didn't see, Reds and Padres squaring off, base hit in the left field corner. Luke Voigt of the Padres running all the way around to coming in to score. Relay throw comes in. Uh, Reds catcher, is it Stevens? I'm just double checking. Is it Stevenson? Right. Yeah, Tyler Stevenson is gets the ball. He's right in front of the home plate. Luke Voigt plows him. Now, what this is, the Buster Posey rule basically says, so it used to be when we were growing up that you could knock down a catcher. If they if you could get them to drop the ball or whatever, you could plow a catcher. That happened with Buster Posey, ends up getting a concussion, hence the Buster Posey rule. You cannot knock down the catcher unless they do not give you a clear path to the plate. So if they're off the off the baseline, you can't touch them. But if they're right on the baseline covering home plate, you have no clear path to home plate, they're free game. That's essentially, in a nutshell, what that rule states. So when you look at the, hot, the video, Stevenson was in, in the way. Luke Voigt, within rules, knocks him down. He has he, He's allowed to do that. That's not a suspension coming or anything like that. Knocks him down. 
Obviously, Reds don't take that too... They don't like that. Why would you? You can stick up for your guy when he gets decked by Luke Voigt, who's basically a human... Refer- He's the Derrick Henry of the NFL. Or, Derrick Henry in the NFL, his equivalent in Major League Baseball, in my opinion, is Luke Voigt. They are both human refrigerators. I don't want to mess with those guys. But, if so I'm imagining Tyler Stevenson's probably hurting a little bit after getting plowed by Luke Voigt last night. But... The rivalry continues into social media when Tommy Pham says that he knows a gym owner in San Diego and he wants to challenge Luke Voigt to a boxing match over the slide last night. Now, while I think this is awesome of Tommy Pham trying to create a little rivalry, um, I didn't watch the clip or anything like that of Tommy Pham saying this or if he tweeted or whatever the case may be. So I don't know if he was being serious or joking, but... All due respect to Tommy Pham, if you're stepping in a boxing ring with Luke Voigt, I think Luke Voigt's going to win that fight nine times out of ten. But that just might be me. I think Luke Voigt wins that. I think he lands one hit and it is... Oh, knocked the camera all over here. I think Luke Voigt gets knocked, knocks him down in one go. But that would be a very... What the heck with this camera? A very entertaining... Uh, little fight there to watch but it creates a little fun it creates a fun I should say quote-unquote fun it creates a rivalry among teams that you didn't anticipate there being a rivalry so now when the Reds and Padres play all eyes are going to be on what the Reds do with Luke Voigt and what the Padres do with Tommy Pham and with um Tyler Stevenson what have pitchers are throwing at him or if there's little chirping going on, if like Luke Voigt hits a home run and bat flips and like stares down the Reds dugout or something like that, all eyes are going to be on the rest of this Reds Padres series and see what happens with that. And it might be, excuse me, it's fun that like you have rivalries that brew like that, like the Cubs Brewers rivalry that's been stemming for the past couple of years. It's had Wilson Contreras in the center of almost all of it, Mets and Nationals. I guess again, I mentioned before that I know the Nationals weren't throwing at the Mets on purpose at the beginning of the year, but the Mets did have a right to be pissed at that. This, it's awesome when little rivalries like that emerge in sports because it just gets fans more excited. It gets fans talking about the game. It is a perfect opportunity for baseball. What is not a perfect opportunity for Major League Baseball is the Oakland A's last night. So, the Oakland A's have... Um, sold off half their team. They lost Bassett. They've lost Manaya, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson. Who else? they've? Lo- I'm missing a ton. Josh Harrison. I'm missing a ton of guys that they've lost. Last night at the Oakland A's game, I'm looking as I look here on my phone at the picture of the stadium. Three thousand seven hundred forty-eight people attended the Oakland A's game yesterday. Now, the Oakland A's are a team like the Tampa Bay Rays who have kind of struggled a little bit in the attendance department in general. But especially with the with the direction the A's are going with selling off all their superstars, but yet somehow have scored towards the top of the league in runs. I don't understand that, but that's that's baseball sometimes. Less than 4,000 people came to their games. I work with a minor league team. Their attendance on the daily 
is typically around that 3,000 mark to 5,000. And if it's a sellout crowd, about eight to 10,000 people there. There was one tweet, if I, is it right? It's right here, perfect. The Las Vegas Aviators, who are the AAA affiliate of the A's, formerly the AAA team as the Las Vegas 51s of the New York Mets, had 2,000 more people in attendance for their game last night than the Oakland A's Major League Baseball team did. And this is what happens when you have owners. Or actually, I shouldn't entirely blame the owners because I, I don't know too much about the A's ownership. But when you sell off all your superstars, you spend $0 in free agency, you have an old, outdated ballpark that you're fighting with the city to, one, stay in Oakland and not move somewhere else, like Vegas or wherever. And you just you need a new state. The A's need a new stadium. Having that going on and only bringing in less than 4,000 people for a Major League Baseball game what are the, who are the A's playing right now? Let me take a quick a quick peek here. Who are the A's playing? Um, Baltimore. Okay, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe a little bit. Playing the Orioles. Considering the Orioles don't have much, really much talent. Not much better talent-wise than the A's are from an outside perspective. But... Obviously, who the teams are playing plays a factor in that, but still, let's say you have the Angels come into town. Division rival. Mike Trout, the best player on planet Earth. Shohei Otani, superstar. Everyone else, the the you get Noah Syndergaard safe starting that game for the Angels. You got Rendon over at third base. The it, it, A's-Angels rivalry, you'd think, what if that game, an A's-Angels game with Noah Syndergaard on the mound, so you're having a good team coming with good superstar players, and you're drawing in less than four thousand people. That's something that 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 has to get fixed. If the the A's and Major League Baseball in general need to create a better fan experience, because having less than four thousand people at a Major League Baseball game, when the Mets probably got, I want to say maybe I don't know the exact numbers, but maybe twenty to thirty thousand last night actually. Can I look? I'm pretty sure on MLB at bat, I pull it up here, and if you hit like the box score, it should give you the estimated fan attendance. I think it does that. Let me. The attendance at the Mets game. This was the nightcap on MLB at bat for the Mets Giants was twenty seven thousand four hundred ninety for a freezing cold game because it was freezing in New York yesterday. For a freezing cold game in the middle of April. Almost 30,000 people. The Oakland A's have somewhat a lot nicer weather than we do here in New York. Last night got less than 4,000 people. That's something that Major League Baseball has to address. That's something that simply is frankly embarrassing. That The fact that you are okay as ownership... Or as front office personnel with the Oakland A's, if you looked out in the stands last night and saw how bare it looked, no way you are okay with that. And that's not even people that were physically there. So someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that when ticket they give attendance numbers, that's how many tickets were sold. The actual not net, some people, like there may have been a couple people that, you know, something came up and they couldn't go, or they just decided not to go, whatever the case may be. But they sold that many tickets for the game. It's not a good look at all for the A's. They have, 
for Major League Baseball teams, even the worst teams are getting at least ten to 15,000 fans in there. It's so much wasted revenue, so much wasted opportunity to grow the game. So hopefully Major League Baseball and the Oakland A's can figure that out because having 3,700 people at your Major League Baseball game with Major League Baseball players is... It's, it's frankly, it's embarrassing. And hopefully, if not Major League Baseball, the Oakland A's do something to try and figure that out because that, that just... They can't have when you got the Mets and Giants had twenty almost thirty thousand people on a freezing night in the middle of April. Had almost thirty thousand people. Like we got to get now. Granted, you're watching two different teams in terms of talent, but like you have the A's and Orioles, then you got the Mets and Giants. So, I mean, obviously there are other factors that play into it, but that's just that's something that the league has to get more involved in and make making it so. They're tar- you, you're targeting fans that are, um, you get the diehards that are in their, you know, 30 to 50 year old range. Then you get my generation, and then you see so you got part of my generation plus younger generations from me that half of them love baseball, the other half can't even stand the sight of it because they can't sit there for three hours and watch a game. Those are the people you're trying to track. You're not trying to drive the diehards away. The diehards are always going to be there. Hence why they're called diehard fans. You need to bring in the new people. Make them love the game. And having less than 4,000 people at your game is not going to do it. But, you know, could be a Mets fan. They have the best record in baseball through the first two weeks of the year. Today's In Baseball History comes from 1912, the oldest park in Major League Baseball, Fenway Park, opened its doors as the Red Sox defeated the Yankees 7-6 in 11 innings. Is it the... I think Wrigley was 1914? I think Wrigley would... Wrigley and Fenway are the two oldest parks in baseball. I think Wrigley was a couple years after Fenway. But there's that's one place I cannot wait to get to is Fenway Park and Wrigley Field. I have... Those places are going to be just... How much history is in there is just absolutely awesome. And there was another fact that I learned last night. Max Scherzer came up with the Diamondbacks. He pitched in Shea Stadium with the Diamondbacks back in 08. That's crazy to think about how how it kind of comes full circle like that. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Raise the Apple, the Mets' best team in baseball, best record in baseball at 9-3 to start the year. Tonight's matchup is the Bassett Hound against Carlos Rodon. Awesome start for the year. The bullpen is going to be the Achilles heel of this team. Hopefully they can figure it all out down the stretch. The Mets go out and get an arm at the trade deadline. But off to a great start. Stay tuned to see if Tommy Pham and Luke Voigt have a boxing match in the future. And the Oakland A's. Oh, it's going to be... I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of stories about this team going forward throughout the year. But... That's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe down below. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on TikTok. All that good stuff. And we will see you guys next week. Let's go Mets. Bang, bang, won't stop till we're legends.